Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. What a great day to be here to celebrate the newborn King, Jesus Christ. And um, I, I just love Christmas. I love Christmas Day. I love uh, what it means. I love the. Um, I love everything about it. And so I'm so glad that you're here today. But I wanted to talk to you about what I'm going to share with you today. And if you want to pull this out, this is a little outline here. I put it together, filled in all the blanks for you so you wouldn't get distracted. also wanted to give it to you kind of as a gift. This is a gift of just really understanding Christmas. If you wanted to explain Christmas to somebody, this is a great tool for that. And so the title of this message is, What's the Big Deal About Christmas? And I know that you know, as Christmas starts way back in July, as they start stocking the shelves with uh, all kinds of trappings of Christmas, some of you get upset about that and are like, are you kidding me? It's July. Why are you putting stuff out in July? You know, Christmas lights and, and trees and, and not every store, but some stores do that. And, but as it gets closer, it gets, it gets a little bit on steroids when you have all of the fancy decorations and and all of the things that go into Christmas uh, that we see from the outside. And I wonder sometimes, are people really getting the true meaning? Are they really getting what Christmas is all about? Do you ever wonder that? I wonder that all the time. And so I hope that today I can help you with that. I can help you understand fully what Christmas is all about. Let me get started here. Christmas is the centerpiece of all human history. That's what Christmas is. Even our calendar is dated from when Jesus Christ entered into this world. That's where it starts. God split history with this one event at Christmas. So what's the big deal about Christmas? Why is it so special? I'm going to give you four things today. I'm going to give you the relevance of Christmas. I'm going to give you the reality of Christmas. I'm going to give you the reason for Christmas, and I'm going to give you the result for Christmas. I'm going to try to do that in a timely fashion. So first of all, what's the relevance of Christmas? Well, as we've already said, God came to earth. When the Allies landed on Normandy on D-Day, that was big news. But there is nothing that compares to the news when God invaded the earth. When man walked on the moon for the first time, that was a big event, but there's no greater news that's ever been when Jesus Christ came, the Son of God, the incarnate God came to walk on this earth. Jesus Christ is God himself. It was God that came to earth. I'm going to uh, kind of walk through a passage in Philippians chapter 2, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. It was also the passage that my wife and I had at our wedding. That was our wedding passage because we wanted to live out what it said in that passage. But I'm going to start with verse 5 of chapter 2, Philippians 2. It says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature... What does it say? God. He was God. Jesus was God. God invaded earth. When Jesus came, God invaded earth. That's the relevance of Christmas. People see that, say that Jesus was a great man. He was a great prophet. There's only one problem with that. Jesus never claimed to be a great prophet. 
but he did claim to be God. Over and over in the Bible, it repeats that Jesus proclaims that he is God. Jesus said repeatedly, I am God. Jesus didn't start in in the stable. He existed even before creation. Theologians call this a preeminence of Christ. Colossians 1, 15 and 16a says, The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things were created. Is it up there? Let's read that together. It's a great verse. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things were created. The Bible says, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. If Jesus really is God and God came to earth, then Christmas is the most relevant part of all human history. So that's the relevance of Christmas. Now, How about the reality? The reality of Christmas, and Pastor Steve alluded to this, is God became a man. Emmanuel, what does that mean? God with us. This is even more difficult for us to understand. Now for us and for maybe some of you that have followed Jesus Christ and you're walking with him, it's like, yeah, I get it. I, I, I don't quite get it, but I get it because God said it in his word and I will believe that. But for, for the world, for people that don't get that, it's hard to understand. If you were God and you were going to come to earth, of all the ways that you could choose to reveal yourself, would you really come as a baby? Honestly. As a human being, it's kind of hard to understand that. You know, Jeff Atherton had did a devotion for our staff, and he talked about the, the wise men. And the wise men, when they were looking, there were three kings, and they were looking for this newborn king. They were going to look for the Savior of the world. And when they came, they came to what? Not a palace. Where'd they come to? A stable, a cave. They didn't even have room for Jesus on Christmas When Jesus was born, they had no room for him. And yet that's when he came. And I'm sure that the wise men would have thought, wow, this isn't the way I would have done it. Philippians 2, 7 and 8 says this. This is great. He made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. This is the creator of the world. This is God himself. He made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. It's a great, it's a, it's a great passage of Scripture when you think about it. The reality of Christmas was that Jesus Christ was a real man. Flesh and blood, bone and hair. He was a real person, not a myth, not a fable, not a nice story, not a good guy. This was God himself that became a man. More books have been written about Jesus than anyone else in the history of the world. The reality is that God came to earth and God became a man. But why would he? Why would he do that? Kind of like what Pastor Steve talked about with the goldfish. If you wanted to communicate to the goldfish, what would you have to do? You'd have to become a goldfish. If God wanted to talk to dogs, he would have become a dog. If God wanted to talk to birds and express 
uh, communication to a bird, he would have became a bird. But God wanted to talk to people, so he became a person. This is what the Bible calls the incarnation. God came to earth, but he came as a person like us. And that's one of the things that I love about Jesus. He didn't come and separate himself and, and, and act a certain way. He became like us. He went through the same things we went through. He didn't say, well, I'm God, so I'm not going to go through that pain. I'm God, so I don't need to do that. I'm just going to pick and choose what I want. No, he decided to become like us and to go through all of the same things that we go through ourselves. Number one, he was born like us. Can you imagine? The God of the universe that created the birthing process had to be birthed out of Mary. Luke 2.7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn born, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed them in the manger because there was no, there was no room available for them. Luke 2.7 All of history rested in one fragile infant. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the Savior of the world, the Savior of the universe, was in that one fragile infant on that great night? Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't stop being God when he became a man, by the way. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. He was God in human form. He was born like us. Secondly, he grew like us. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. He grew and developed and had growth spurts. He, had, he was a human being. He grew like us. He had to grow from a baby to become a man. He went through all of the same things that we do when we grow in our own lives. He was a carpenter and a Jew from Palestine. He was a real man. That's the reality of Christmas. Jesus was a real man. Thirdly, he was tempted like us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted just like you are, just like I am, and yet he was without sin. Jesus experienced the same pressures than you and I do, the same temptations, the same desires, the same drives that we all have. Jesus went through that same thing. He had the same temptations, but he never sinned. I think this is important because... He can relate to us when we're struggling. When we're going through difficult things, He can relate to us because He went through the same struggle. So not only was He born like us, He grew like us, He was tempted like us, He also suffered like us. He felt pain. He felt disappointment. He got tired. He got fatigued. He felt lonely at times. He grieved. He cried. In the garden, it says in Matthew 26, 38, Jesus says, My soul is so overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He knew what it's like to feel pain. He can relate to our pain. He knows what it's like. He can feel our problems. He can feel our pressures. He was God but he became a man. That's the reality of Christmas. 
And then the reason for Christmas. Let me give you that one. Jesus came to die. Say that with me. Jesus came to die. In Philippians 2, 8b, it says, He humbled Himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Can you imagine the God of the universe, the creator of the world, coming and dying on behalf of us? This is an amazing story. This is a phenomenal story that why would God ever do that? It's very simple, because He loves us. Jesus didn't stay in the crib. He didn't stay in the manger. He went to the cross and voluntarily laid down His life for us. Why? He didn't have to. He was God. He could have called down 10,000 angels. He could have stopped the process in a second. At any point, He could have stopped it. He didn't have to go to the cross. It was His choice to do that. Nobody put him there without his permission. He went there on his own behalf. So why did he allow himself to go to the cross? This is the whole story now. Why did he allow himself to go to the cross? The Bible says he did it for two reasons. Number one, to demonstrate his love for us. To demonstrate his absolute love for us is why he went to the cross. It says in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, what does it say? Christ died for us. God's motivation was love. If you want to know how much God loves you, look at the cross. He died for you. I know you're like, oh yeah, it's just some story that I read or I heard about. No, it's the absolute story of why Jesus came. It's the reason why He came was so that He would die for our sins and give us salvation, give us eternal life, to give us abundant life, to forgive us of our sins. That's why Jesus came. And that's love. This is the reason for Christmas. He demonstrates His love for us. And secondly, the other reason why He died on the cross was to pay for our sins. When you break a law, you've got to pay a penalty. When you, when you break man's law, you pay man's penalties. When you break God's laws, you pay God's penalties. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross. Let me say that again. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. I mean, you got some great verses on this card here. Don't throw this away. Hold on to this. I can be completely forgiven for everything that I've ever done wrong. Because of Jesus Christ. The reason for Christmas is that God came to forgive us of our sins. I'm going to do something a little risky here. There's a song that is to my heart. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget the words because in front of all you, I can't even see straight, to be honest with you, sometimes. But it's a song written by Randy Stonehill. Many, many years ago. It's a great song, and it's got a great message. And it's a song about the world, and will they ever understand why Jesus came? So I'm really nervous right now. 
but I'm going to try this. So don't laugh at me. You can laugh laugh now because I don't want you to laugh while I'm singing. It goes like this. I wonder if this Christmas they'll begin to understand the Jesus that they celebrate is much more than a man. And the way the world is, I don't see how people can deny the only way to save us was for Jesus Christ to die. And I know that if St. Nicholas was here, he would agree that Jesus gave the greatest gift of all to you and me. They led him to the slaughter on a hill called Calvary. Mankind was forgiven, mankind was forgiven, we were all forgiven. And I can't hit the high note on this one, so when they nailed him to the tree. But most of all the children, they're the ones I hope will learn. That Jesus is my Savior, and He's going to return. And Christmas isn't just a day, and all days aren't the same. Perhaps they'll think about the Word, and see it spells His name. And I know that if St. Nicholas was here, he would agree Jesus gave the greatest gift of all to you and me. They led him to the slaughter on a hill called Calvary. Oh, and mankind was forgiven. Mankind was forgiven. We were all forgiven. When they nailed him to the tree. I wonder, I wonder if this Christmas people will begin to understand. I wonder if this Christmas you'll begin to understand who Jesus was. And for some of you that already know that, I wonder if you're willing to share that message with other people that don't know who Jesus is. Because he's the savior of the world. This is the real deal. This is an important message for us to share with the world. The reason for Christmas was that Jesus Christ had to die. And then lastly, the result of Christmas. And the result of Christmas is Jesus is Lord. Say that. Jesus is Lord. Verse 9 through 11 in Philippians 2 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. The cross is not the end. 
The death on the cross is not the end. Jesus is alive. The resurrection happened at Easter when Jesus came out of that tomb and he rose from the dead. Because Jesus humbled himself, God has done two things. He has given him, Jesus, the place of top honor in the whole universe. Jesus is honored above everything else, the highest place because of what he did. Secondly, he's been given a new name. What is the name that he's been given after the cross? The new name he's been given is Jesus is Lord. And many people don't understand the meaning of Lord. It's not a word that we use in our language a lot. It's kind of an ancient word, but it's the right word. In the Greek, the Lord, the word Lord means master, ruler, number one, Mr. Big, the one in control, the one driving the car. He's the one in control of our lives. That's what it means. It means he's totally sovereign. It means he's king. That's what it means for Jesus to be Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Some pretty powerful words there. Notice it says, You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's King. He's in control. He's Mr. Big. He's the Master. He's the Sovereign King. And Philippians says, One day every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he will be given his due honor. That's what the word says. That's what the Bible says. Every nationality, every age group, every male, every female, every religion will say Jesus is Lord. All politicians will be there and they will say Jesus is Lord. All rock stars will say Jesus is Lord. All scientists, professors will say Jesus is Lord. All businessmen, homemakers will say Jesus is Lord. Everyone will admit it. The issue is not will you admit Jesus is Lord. The issue is simply when. You'll either admit it now in love and honor and respect and you'll, or you'll admit it later and find out You were wrong, and you made a big mistake. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's the result of Christmas. Jesus is Lord. The greatest need in American Christians is the need to rediscover the phrase, Jesus is Lord. Let me just help you with this. So let's say that's true, and, and we live that out. What does that mean? It affects everything in your life. If God's in control, if he's the one calling the shots, the way you treat one another will be a different way because he's calling the shots. It won't be you. It'll be Jesus is Lord. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Lord, what can I do? Lord, I have permission to do this. Whatever. It changes everything in our lives. It may look like the other side is winning right now. But Jesus is Lord. You may think that you can't cope anymore. But Jesus is Lord. You may think your problems are too great. But Jesus 
is Lord. Say that phrase when you're discouraged. Jesus is Lord. When you're tired, when you're worried, when you're afraid, when you feel lonely, Jesus is Lord. Say it when you don't think you can go on anymore. Jesus is Lord. Say it when you're grieving over the loss of a loved one. Jesus is Lord. Say it when you're lonely. Say it at Christmas. Make it the theme of your life. Jesus is Lord. That's the result of Christmas. And I love the fact that that we can know that. We can know all that information. God became a, or came to earth. He became a man. He came to die. And He's Lord. That's great information to know. But let me challenge you this Christmas and as we look at the new year, is that you just wouldn't hold that information in your heart. You wouldn't just hold that information in your head. But you would live that out. You'd become a witness for Christ. You'd, be, you'd become a person that would say, I'm going to put it all on the line. I'm no longer going to live just for myself. I'm going to live for Jesus because He's Lord. And I'm going to live my life in that way. And so I'm going to share that with other people. I'm going to share it with my friends. I'm going to change my life because if Jesus is Lord, I shouldn't do these kinds of things. If Jesus is Lord, then I should probably focus on what Jesus would want me to do. So I'm going to challenge you for this new year. Think about that. I know the Holy Spirit's going to have to change you. I can't change you with words. But I know the Holy Spirit can come in, and God can change you from the inside out. You can become a different person. Maybe you feel like you just don't have it all, or you feel like you're just going through a difficult time. Many times I feel that way, but I've got to refocus on who's Lord and go back to God and say, Lord, I need your help. I can't get through this without you. So that's your Christmas gift, and let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this Christmas message that you've given us. We thank you that you came to earth. You invaded earth. Biggest event in all history. You became a man. Didn't come a man just to become a man. You came for a reason. You came to die. You demonstrated your love for us and you died on the cross to pay for our sins. And Lord, ultimately, all of us, every person in this room, will have to bow a knee to Jesus and say, Jesus is Lord, at some point in their life. Lord, I pray that it's today. I pray that it's today that people say, Jesus is Lord. So thank you, Lord. We want to praise you and continue to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.